Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is May 19th, 2019. This is the 68th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, Microsoft and Sony team up for the streaming showdown with Google. And Ubisoft has a roller coaster week of delays and teases in our headline roundup. Our main topic is early E3 2019 predictions for third parties. And then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. Well, I hope you've been having a great week in games. Uh, I beat three games all in the span of basically one day. Uh, just yesterday, just, just powering through a lot of RPG maker games, actually. Beat Rakuen uh, from a couple years ago. That's the Laura Shigihara created game. Uh, really brilliant, that one. I really enjoyed the kind of story it was setting up, uh, kind of interweaving two worlds really cleverly. Uh, so definitely check that one out. And then also, you know, if you played To the Moon during or after 2011, uh, you know that it's such a brilliant, brilliant indie game. And so I had never gotten around to, even though I had, the kind of follow-up games. There's A Bird Story, which is kind of like the interstitial sort of game setting up the sequel in a way, and then the sequel Finding Paradise. So... I went and beat those as well. So good game progress for me personally this weekend. I'm really happy with those ones. Really enjoyed them. Uh, but tonight is the Game of Thrones series finale. So an important moment in TV history. Uh, Big Bang Theory ended previously uh, over this past week. So we're kind of getting to be that time as far as multimedia goes. So uh, it's, it's a big, big week overall on that front. But we've also had a big week in game news. So let's catch up on that with our headline roundup. Let's talk about Microsoft and Sony joining forces on streaming technology. Saw this pop on Microsoft's news website and just whoa, 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 big, big, big for the game industry. Let's read the first couple paragraphs. If you have not already, I'll do so for you here. Quote, Sony Corporation and Microsoft Corp announced on Thursday that the two companies will partner on new innovations to enhance customer experiences in their direct-to-consumer entertainment platforms and AI solutions. Under the Memorandum of Understanding signed by the parties, the two companies will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services. In addition, the two companies will explore the use of current Microsoft Azure data center-based solutions for Sony's game and content streaming services. By working together, the companies aim to deliver more enhanced entertainment experiences for their worldwide consumers. These efforts will also include building better development platforms for the content creator community. So this is huge, but first of all, let's note it's a memorandum of understanding. This doesn't mean it's a legally binding contract. This means the two companies are talking together and they agree mutually that they should work together and they plan to work together, but something could change between now and the future to break that off. So let's keep that in mind. But the fact that they're talking together and speaking together like this shows that Google is a threat with Stadia. And that's interesting, right? I mean, it should get yeah, Google with their data centers already built-in huge infrastructure, uh, could, you know, Microsoft, 
you know, combat that with just xCloud and their Azure servers? What could Sony do with PlayStation Now? I mean, their servers that they bought from Gaikai, would that even be enough? We were talking about, do they partner up with someone like Amazon? No, they partner up with Microsoft. That's crazy. Didn't see that coming at all, but it makes a lot of sense. You're going to need two strong parties to go up against Google on the tech and information and data front. I mean, Google almost is the internet, right? So big to have them combine in this way. Uh, the press release also notes that they're exploring Sony's semiconductors and image sensors, as well as Microsoft's AI to kind of use those in other projects as well. I mean, this is a big deal and it could have future ramifications for things such as, you know, cross-platform play. And it's not a guaranteed at all. It's more just they're trying to work together about how to deliver you know, the video of the game streaming that much better. I mean, that's, that's just so interesting. And it makes you think if Microsoft and Nintendo are also on a good sort of working partnership from what we hear, could Nintendo get in on something like this? It makes for a very interesting future as we approach the next generation with game streaming. Just the fact that Microsoft and Sony are talking together and signing a, a memorandum of understanding like this. I, that's that's just big, big news. Had to lead off the headline roundup with it. I mean, we'd be talking about it in the headline roundup if it weren't for E3 2019 early predictions, right? But also let's talk about Ubisoft's roller coaster of a week. And it, it was a big one. We'll start with the Splinter Cell drama. We had Julian Garrity, who's the uh, current creative director on The Division 2. I mean, I guess he's moved on since that's now launched, but he was, you know, the main frontman when talking about The Division 2, creative director over at Ubisoft, put out a tweet that said, working on the next hashtag Splinter Cell with at Dan Hay now and at Rom Camor in Lyon. Can't wait for E3. Crossover with The Crew 2 with at Fergus. Only missing Ghost Recon and at Rainbow Six Game, but on their way. So interesting, working on the next Splinter Cell, huh? Can't wait for E3, okay, huh? Interesting, he followed this up with tweets of, okay, please don't retweet, I may be in trouble. Okay, how do you delete a tweet? Asking for a friend. He even changed his Twitter icon and banner uh, to Splinter Cell before changing it back to The Division 2. Uh, now, Ubisoft PR kind of putting a blanket on the whole thing. Their response saying, quote, Julian was obviously joking, as Julian likes to do. It looks like our creative directors are having fun right now. We do not have any announcements to make at this time. So maybe it was a drunken night and maybe he didn't tweet the things that he wanted to tweet. Uh, of course, this doesn't guarantee a Splinter Cell game, right? I mean, it's it's been sort of storied how... It's been a long time since we've heard about a Splinter Cell game. Maybe certain projects didn't get off the ground, but it does make it interesting. And we'll, we'll get back to that in our, our main topic here. But then Ubisoft put out their financials and talked about how there are three new AAA games expected from Ubisoft before March 2020. And this does not include Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So what could those three be? If you had to ask me, I would think, you know, Watch Dogs 3 should probably be one of them. Uh, that would make a whole lot of sense. I expect that to be shown at E3, if not a little bit before. Uh, some rumors think that it may be shown this week around March 24th-ish, but, you know, just keep that in the back of the, the rumor mind there. Uh, if Splinter Cell is another one, that, that could be too, if they're aiming for, you know, end of this year, early next year. I'm, mean, again, talking 
fiscal year, so before the end of March 2020. And then I don't know if Just Dance counts as one. Are they bringing Just Dance back? Uh, is it possible you know, that For Honor could see a sequel? Just keep that in mind when we see Ubisoft's presentation. They're saying, aside from Ghost Recon and, and that new Breakpoint game, three AAA games before the end of March 2020. So a bit of a high there, you know, get people speculating, interested in what Ubisoft has to talk about. But then they go and delay Skull and Bones. And Skull and Bones puts out a tweet that says, we're going to batten down the hatches and push back on the game's arrival. This is challenging news for us all, but it's what's needed to make Skull and Bones as awesome as it can be. Our focus remains on quality first, and we're grateful for your undying support. And yeah, you'd kind of forgotten about Skull and Bones, hadn't you? So, I guess people were hoping to see more at E3. They won't be at this year's E3. Push it back outside of the fiscal year, so a bit of a downer there. So Ubisoft, a big, big week. Just ups and downs all over the place. Nintendo, though, had quite the week with Super Mario Maker 2 announcing and publishing a 15-minute long Direct. Lots to cover in the Direct overall, just cramming a whole bunch of information, just all sorts of new items and variables that new players can tinker with. But I think what I was looking for was something substantial for single player. Uh, just not necessarily worry about downloading uh, different maps and all that for different courses to run on, but there is a story mode with more than 100 plus Nintendo designed levels. And that's that's big. I mean, it's something about, you know, gathering coins and rebuilding Peach's Castle. I mean, that, that's fun, but just something that Nintendo's crafted these levels specifically, maybe it gets ideas going for certain people. On top of, you know, the overworld and the, uh, the underground and the castle, those were kind of the main themes last time for, for Super Mario Maker. They've added desert, they've added snow, they've added forest, they've added skies just overall background themes. There are night versions that can change elements on all of these stages and new music from Koji Kondo. This is just more stage appearances overall, gives players more option, absolutely. Such a good idea. But online competitive and co-op multiplayer is huge, huge for Super Mario Maker 2. Good way to take advantage of Nintendo Switch Online and have more players have that so they can either download the courses or compete in this way. Uh, just really amping everything up from the su first Super Mario Maker. It's such a, a great idea. The one thing that has people buzzing about speculation is we see the sort of levels that are available, the different styles of games. I mean, you have Super Mario Brothers, you have Super Mario Brothers 3, you have World, you have U, and 3D World is considered a different setup entirely, so it can wipe any of your progress if you have a level made already in the current uh, levels, whether it's you know World or U or whatever. It's just a different setup entirely, new variables. It's still 2D, but there are two and a half D elements, like bullet bills coming towards you in a way. So it, things like that are you know, being worked with. But there's a blank space available under extra game styles, and it has people speculating, what could it be? My guess is I don't think we'd see any reveal like that at E3. They just had this opportunity to blow it out, but maybe it opens the door for DLC later down the road, and you never know. Super Mario Odyssey might be an interesting one. Get Cappy in there, add that as a dynamic, could be could be something, but a lot of people are speculating, wondering, you know, what is different than those main four from the original Mario Maker? What's what's different, like a 3D world, but could be available? Just lots of speculation, all sorts of good fun. Jason Schreier at Kotaku with another sizzler of a weekend report. Uh, this time talking about Call of Duty 2020. Now, we haven't seen 19 confirmed as 
what we believe would be Modern Warfare 4 uh, could still come before E3, who knows? But Jason Schreier getting sources from Activision saying that quote from the article here. For 2020, Activision had originally switched things up, assigning the Wisconsin-based support studio Raven to take a leadership role alongside Sledgehammer to make a Call of Duty game set during the Cold War, likely involving Vietnam. As of very recently, that's changed. Now Treyarch, based in Santa Monica, California, is in charge of leading Call of Duty Black Ops 5 for 2020. According to those briefed on the overhaul, Treyarch will take creative leadership on this new Black Ops, while Raven and Sledgehammer will serve as support studios for the game, transforming the work they've done on their own single-player story mode into a campaign for Black Ops 5, which will also be set during the Cold War. Says this may be a welcome return for fans who criticize the lack of a campaign in Black Ops 4. This will likely be a cross-gen game to coincide with the launch of the next PlayStation and Xbox, which are also expected in the fall of 2020. So, yeah, this was supposed to be Sledgehammer's turn if we're talking about the rotation of three Call of Duty studios, but for whatever reason, moving Black Ops uh, Treyarch back up, even though they just launched Black Ops 4 last year. So, that's certainly interesting. Of course, it's Infinity Ward if they're going to do Modern Warfare 4, which it's expected for this year. I think there was also a nugget in there that, you know, just, you know, hearsay maybe, but just keep in mind that Activision may be thinking about working with some free-to-play elements of Call of Duty, see if that's in the works, the cards of the future. Crazy that we're thinking about the next Call of Duty when this one isn't even announced yet, but uh, just, just interesting things to keep on the rumor mill front. Just also hopes to keep in your heart for people like myself, like the possibility the NCAA football franchise from EA Sports possibly coming back. Now, this all started, of course, because of former UCLA basketball player Ed O'Bannon, and how he brought forth a lawsuit in 2009 that challenged the NCAA and its member schools' right to use athletes' names, images, and likenesses without compensation. It was NCAA Football 14 that was the last game in that series, uh, released, you know, and then the ruling came down, and so no more after NCAA Football. 14. But now the NCAA is putting out a statement saying, quote, this group will bring together diverse opinions from the membership, from presidents and commissioners to student athletes that will examine the NCAA's position on name, image, and likeness benefits and potentially propose rule modifications tethered to education. We believe the time is right for these discussions and look forward to a thorough assessment of the many complexities involved in this area. So they're saying that a final report from this working group could be available to the Board of Governors for the NCAA in October or so. So it'll be a while before we hear any results on this. But if we get you know news coming through about players able to receive benefits for their likeness, it could open the door for NCAA football. And boy, that would be something special. Let's talk about the game and release date announcements from the past week. We have Moss. Twilight Garden. It's a DLC update that comes out this week, actually, on May 21st for Oculus Quest, but in June 2019 for PS4, PSVR, and uh, VR services that are tied to PC. So Quest first this week, but June 2019 for the rest where Moss is available. Samurai Showdown is available on PS4 and Xbox One on June 25th, and time to practice up a little bit before Evo 2019, the Switch and PC versions are still to be determined, still expected for release this year, but PS4 and Xbox One June 25th. World of Warcraft Classic is available on August 26th in the United States in PC, 
rolls out in different time zones across the rest of the world worldwide August 27th. The Walking Dead Onslaught is a VR game that is apparently the official game from the AMC series. Very interesting. Coming fall 2019 for PC on Steam VR platforms. And Minecraft Earth has a closed beta launching this summer on iOS and Android. The main release date still to be determined, looking like a Pokemon Goization in a way of Minecraft, bringing AR for Minecraft into the real world. Should be interesting. I know someone working on the game and he was very excited to have his work finally be announced in a way. So that's, that's really cool to see. But let's get to talking about this week's main topic. And again, we're going to wrap up the early E3 2019 predictions here with third parties. We talked about Nintendo. We talked about Microsoft. Big directs, big presentations. Now, Sony, not not doing that this year. We, we would have a, a Sony early predictions if Sony were having necessarily a confirmed even a state of play. I mean, that would be something we'd talk about. Oh, could we see Last of Us Part 2, a release date announcement, release window, maybe. I don't know. But there are a lot of third parties here in play. I mean, even if it's just Bethesda, Square Enix, EA, Warner Brothers, CD Projekt Red, Activision, Ubisoft, there are so many that could be possibly in the works. So again, from most likely to least likely, I've broken down different games, different topics that could be talked about and we've broken them overall into three categories with lock, with chance, and with bold. So if you've heard the past couple episodes, you kind of know where this is going. Let's start here with what I think are the locks to be talked about at different press conferences during E3 2019. Here we'll start with Bethesda and Doom Eternal. We know that Bethesda is going to make Doom Eternal a big priority this year. That's no surprise. Big gameplay blowout probably launching this year. I mean, that's got to be, you know, <laughs> they've even said so. So it's, it's going to be top of the list here for locks. Square Enix, Final Fantasy VII Remake. We see that in the state of play. They're saying it's coming to E3. They have a primetime presence. You got to be talking more about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Maybe they'll talk about when that first episode comes out or put out a demo. Who knows? That would be really exciting. Back to Bethesda. We know they're also going to talk about Wolfenstein Youngblood. I can't wait for that one personally. It's going to be a fun co-op adventure and good pricing too. I mean, it's like $30 for one person. And then if you do the deluxe version for $40, you get a key to gift a friend. That's, it's a pretty good deal. You pay 20 bucks per person. Uh, God, the Wolfenstein series, just fantastic. Looking forward to that. One of the few things that EA is sure to talk about is gameplay for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now, who knows where this is going to fall? I mean, that Saturday, June 8th, I think it is, is kind of going to be their main day with you know people at their public sort of booth area. I would imagine that the information rolls out then. Maybe trailers, maybe at least beforehand, who knows. But I feel like a lock, Star Wars Jedi, Fallen Order. From Warner Brothers, we've kind of heard that Dying Light 2 is going to be a thing at, uh, at E3. So different confirmations in, from different places there. But Dying Light 2 should be... A lock, certainly, as well. And then a couple more here locks from Square Enix. Uh, Dragon Quest XI-S. There's got to be some more push on, you know, remember this is coming out this year as the definitive version on Switch. Maybe it shows up in Nintendo, but if Square Enix is having a big show, I'm sure they'll want to talk about some more Dragon Quest, even if a Smash Brothers character gets you know, into the mix somehow. And then Square Enix also should talk about the main DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, at least 
give an update on what it is, when it's coming. So Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, maybe we'll see something about that. I would hope so. I think it's a lock. You got to got to talk about, oh, we're so proud of how Kingdom Hearts 3 did, but here's what's coming next. So let's run those locks back. Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Gameplay, Dying Light 2, Dragon Quest XI-S, and Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. When it comes to the chances, I think the biggest chance we'll see at least an update on Cyberpunk 2077. I mean, that's got to be a big one, CD Projekt Red. Uh, you know, Warner Brothers, I would imagine, would be publishing at least what they did with The Witcher 3, which is now the four-year anniversary of that game. That's crazy. So yeah, I think the highest chance of happening is seeing an update on Cyberpunk. Uh, that would be really exciting to see. Where is that game and how has it evolved uh, since then? Is there even possibly a release window in mind? I also think from Ubisoft, as I mentioned earlier, Watch Dogs 3, it's got to be happening. It's got to be in London. Let's see it. Uh, let's see what makes this one different. And if we even get a reveal this week. Also mentioned with Activision, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 4. Let's see it. Uh, let's see what you know makes this new Call of Duty stand out. If Before we start talking about 2020 too much, let's, let's get a new one rolling out here. EA also said on their uh, financial calls a couple weeks back that a new Need for Speed game should be coming by the end of this year. So I put that as a pretty high chance as well, a new Need for Speed game from EA. And here's where we'll throw in Splinter Cell from Ubisoft. A decent chance, uh, but I can't put it at a lock because you know it could be just you know drunk ramblings, right? But I feel like there's a pretty good chance uh, for a new Splinter Cell at this year's Ubisoft show. Should be very exciting. Bethesda may want to touch on Fallout 76, at least give an update on how you know, we may have not have gotten off to the start we wanted, but we're going to stick with it. And here's how we'll deliver to players. So maybe a Fallout 76 update for Bethesda. Come on, Square Enix. Here's the big show. Here's that big slot. Let's talk about the Avengers project. If not now, with Avengers Endgame out in theaters, so successful. When? What is Crystal Dynamics doing? Let's talk about the Avengers project. But I put, when put, you know, the too high chances on that one. Just like Ubisoft showing an update necessarily on Beyond Good and Evil 2, I feel like the scope of that is pushing it towards a next-gen game, but if they want to show an update, a new trailer, okay, sure, by all means. And then the last couple are Warner Brothers games because it's one of these, like, we should see something, but we, we can't put a lock on it. It's not even that high of a chance because there's no rumblings about it. Let's first start with, you know, whatever either Rocksteady or WB Montreal are doing? Is there a new Batman game in the works? Is it Justice League? Rocksteady's been quiet for too long. I think WB Montreal is the same. So let's see something at E3 this year. Xbox, you have a big show presence there. A lot of third parties can come in and put big announcements out there. I think a, a Rocksteady game would be just fantastic, but WB Montreal could also do something as well. Just like that Harry Potter game. As well, we saw that Harry Potter trailer footage never, you know, disproven or anything like that. It was asked to be taken down. Again, if a Harry Potter game like an RPG like that is going to come out from Warner Brothers, let's see it at E3, but a pretty low chance on that one. So the chances Cyberpunk 2077, Watch Dogs 3, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 4, Need for Speed, Splinter Cell, Fallout 76, at least an update, The Avengers Project, an update on Beyond Good and Evil 2. Either a game from Rocksteady or WB Montreal and that Harry Potter game from the beginning of the year. Let's get bold with it, though. 
some bold predictions on what third parties could show. And we'll start with Capcom, who's been on a roll. I mean, my goodness, this year alone, Resident Evil 2, Devil May Cry 5, just remarkable games. I mean, I think those two are right now, Devil May Cry 5 and Resi 2, like 1-2 on my games of the year list for 2019 so far. Capcom's killing it, especially with that RE engine. Do they have another AAA game up their sleeves? Their financials may suggest no, which is why it's here in the bold, but I'll put it at, at least, you know, the most likely bold. <laughs> let's, let's, so it's putting it almost lightly in a way. Just like if Activision sticks with From Software as a publisher, like they did with Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, there's always been these rumors, especially on, on message boards, about a From Software dark fantasy action RPG. So do we see something like that? Bethesda could always go back with uh, Tango Softworks and say, can we have The Evil Within 3, please? Or at least a new game from you guys? So I'd put that in the bold category, you know, show something new there for Bethesda. What is Bluepoint doing? The Bluepoint next remaster project is, is just one of these things that are sitting in the ether. And it's, you know, to be determined what the publisher could be, but yeah, what's, what's Bluepoint up to? What are they doing? Put that in a bold. Just like a bold thing would be another, yet another, Ubisoft collaboration with Nintendo. And the one idea I saw floating around from a couple people on the internet, so I won't take full credit for it, is the idea of a Rayman game cross with Donkey Kong. Rayman cross Donkey Kong, I feel it. It, it probably won't happen. We're putting it pretty low on the bold list, but man, another Nintendo collab like that. It, you know, get the rabbits out of here, honestly. No, great game, honestly, Mario and Rabbids. But Rayman and Donkey Kong would be a killer idea. Just another Nintendo collab. Please, Ubisoft, that'd be bold. But the most bold of all, something from 2K dealing with Bioshock. They have said that Bioshock isn't an abandoned franchise. They're working on something new in the Bioshock series for a while now. But will we ever see it? That's why it's kind of at the bottom of these bold predictions. So wrapping up the bolds for third parties, early E3 2019 predictions, a new AAA game, Capcom, a From Software Dark Fantasy Action RPG, The Evil Within 3, a Bluepoint remaster, a Nintendo collab, I don't know, Rayman Cross Donkey Kong, and Bioshock. Something in the Bioshock universe. I mean, these would be bold predictions for third parties at E3 2019. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. I mean, check out that E3 2019 schedule. It's, uh, we're going to have a lot of shows uh, ahead of us, just conference after conference watching. It's always the most exciting time of the year. But I think this is this will be kind of how we sit on early predictions. Things can, of course, change in the weeks leading up to, whether it's showing things for Judges Week or we just want to get our game out in advance of the deluge of news. Uh, you know, things can come out between now and then, but it's a magical time in the game news industry. And glad you're here with us listening, contributing. And so that's what I have to say. This would be the point of the show where we would get to the callers. Uh, this would be talking about could be talking about the main topic, the headlines, the games you're playing recently. We just open the floor up to you on Discord over at rhymesathasia.com slash call. And yeah, this would be you know your point to make your voice heard on a gaming podcast. I'm just opening it up to you on Sunday afternoons. So keep posted to there to see when we're recording next. It'll be on Sundays. Uh, just keep posted on when. Let's talk about the games that are coming out this week. Team Sonic Racing arrives on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That's on Tuesday, May 21st. 
Also on Tuesday, May 21st, on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, with the Epic Game Store, it's Dauntless finally arriving. That's very exciting for those that have been waiting for that one for a long, long time. Everybody's Golf VR arrives on May 21st for PS4 and PSVR. Another PSVR update, Firewall Zero Hour. It's a new DLC called Operation Nightfall coming Tuesday, May 21st. Observation also arrives on Tuesday, May 21st. That's on PS4 and PC. American Fugitive has its release spaced out across the week, starting on May 21st this Tuesday on PS4 and PC as well. May 23rd on Switch and May 24th on Xbox One. May 21st continues to be the main day, though, when it's three Resident Evil games on Nintendo Switch with Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4, and Resident Evil 0. Just dropping three like that. Also on Nintendo Switch on Tuesday, May 21st, finally Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered arrives after almost a couple months uh, waiting from the PS4, Xbox One, and PC season pass versions on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I'm at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you like a YouTube video to watch, it's actually a, an audio edit, a really clever one, actually. If you're excited for Persona 5 Royal, like I am, you should check out this YouTuber named Skull. I'm aptly named Skull, <laughs> uh, who's done kind of a piecing together of the opening theme, Colors Flying High. It's a great edit. Uh, you know, before we get the final version from the OST, it's good to kind of get yourself in the Persona 5 Royal, the P5R mood with this version of Colors Flying High. So we'll have that in the show notes for you to check out. So yeah, I hope you have a great, great week. Uh, you know, exciting times here with Sony and Microsoft working together, those Azure servers for Sony streaming and all sorts of things moving forward to take down Google Stadia. I mean, that's another thing. When are we going to hear more about Google Stadia? Will they be at E3? Will they have their own event offsite? So many exciting times ahead in the game industry. Hope you join us here to talk about them all, or at least catch up on the week that was. So please stay tuned to that Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spezia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.